Shit We've Read is a proud member of Philo Network, a network of geeky podcasts. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now, let's talk about some books. Hello, welcome, geeky bookworms, to the season two finale episode of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi fantasy book podcast hosted by some geeky friends. I am Laura Benson, and I am here with my co-hosts, Jason Rico. How you doing? Boop, 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 boop. Season two finale, we did it. We what? got here, we made it. People said it couldn't be done, and we did it anyway. Go How did I know so you were going to make that sound? How did I know? <laughs> I held off. I was thinking about it in Laura's intro. I was like, you know, I'm going to wait. And then Laura gave me the opportunity to do it anyway. Ah, uh, so, there you go. Hi, Set it up for you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then you already heard Bella's voice, Bella Romero. Hey, I'm not going to have an entrance like Rico, but I'm excited. <laughs> excited I, to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy we could all be here for the for the finale. Um, it's been a long year. So, um, so tonight we're gonna we're gonna have fun talking about the last adventure of Constance Verity by Ailey Martinez. Um, I think it's a good book to end the season with. But before we get into that, as usual, we uh, like to talk about the shit we're reading right now. Um, who would like to go first? Me, me. You can't see me. <laughs> oh wow! A, I was gonna make, audio, I was gonna nominate you, format, but I'm raising great. my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt like I felt like you always nominate me. I'm always nominated. If there's a chance to be nominated, you always nominate me. So I figured I'd nominate myself True. this time. You're my scapegoat, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows that at this point. <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go first. So I think last episode uh, I had mentioned that I was going to start reading The Season of the Dragon by Natalie Wright, and I have since begun that, and I am wrapping that up. Uh, it's an epic fantasy set in a world of mages and rogues, dragonmancers and dragons, myth, mystery, and court intrigue. Um, so I'm making my way through that. Um, again, shout out Natalie who who sent it over. Thank you for sending it over. Uh, she is one of the co-hosts of Tipsy Nerds Book Club podcast. Uh, they also read sci-fi fantasy and talk about it. And as the name implies, Tipsy, they they also have a drink while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am totally on board for that. So shout Sounds out to them fun. and thanks again for sending that book. Um, <laughs> so that's what I'm reading. How about you, Bella? I am reading One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, uh, one of my favorite authors. Uh, from They also did Red, White, and Royal Blue, which if anyone remembers was like the book that was uh, yeah, designed I for remember. me. I um, so I read, I read their other book, I Kissed Sarah Wheeler, and then now I'm reading one last stop. They all have a very different, like, they're all romance books, but they all have a very different take on romance. So this one is more of a mm. sci-fi book, which is interesting. So you have a queer femme uh, relationship, but apparently there's time travel involved. But I just, I haven't gotten there yet. We're still in New York City, like present day, but there's been a meet cute, like a moment on the subway which people from new york i guess that's like kind of a thing um you know sort of like a what is that like miss chance or what, what's that called second chance what's that called uh, like ships passing in the night kind of romance like okay you miss each other 
but apparently it turns into sci-fi with time travel somehow. So I'm very curious to see where it goes, um, but I'm reading that. Be- yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, this might be, I might be into this. Um, but yeah, I'm just listening to that. Like when I go to sleep. So I am like only like a couple chapters in and that is because it's also the trans readathon happening, uh, which started yesterday as of this recording. We'll talk more about that later, but that that's my pick. So I've been trying to read that and I'm still working on Court of Silver Flames, SJ Mass. So I'm just, I'm making again, another book I read when I'm asleep. So it's just, it's, it's a long book too. So it's, we're just getting through it, but one day you'll finish it. I've been reading one day, (laughs) one day I'll be done. Um, I have just been super busy and prioritizing the books for our episodes. So it took me a really long time to finish Rubicon. By JS2S. So that's, I've already mentioned it, I think, a couple times. Um, but exciting thing now is uh, by the time this episode releases, the book will actually will be um, published. And so people can go and buy it now. So just wanted to let everybody know if you're interested. Um, again, it's a military sci fi about a sergeant who has been resurrected 96 times. It's uh, about her sentient virtual intelligence and a war against intelligent machines dedicated to the assimilation or destruction of humanity. Um, It's described as uh, Scalzi's old man's war with a little bit of edge of tomorrow. Um, I very much enjoyed it, even though it took me a while to finish it. (laughs) Um, I really liked it. So I definitely recommend um, everybody check that out now. You can find it anywhere you buy books. Nice. Cool. All right. You guys want to talk about our last book of the season? Uh, you mean our last adventure of the season? Oh, I missed out on that. <laughs> it's right there, Laura. It was right there for you. Damn Leave it. it to Rico. Uh, to why did I miss that? Damn. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll edit this out. Go. Say it. Are you guys ready for our last adventure of season two? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Couldn't end the season without a dad joke. <laughs> All right. So again, this uh, this episode's featured book is "The Last Adventure of Constance Verity" by A. Lee Martinez. It's a sci-fi fantasy comedy, maybe. It's the first book of the Constance Verity trilogy. So there, spoiler alert, I guess, are more ventures. I don't know. Maybe. 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 Uh, Bella, would you like to read the synopsis for us? I would. Um, Okay. Synopsis. Ever since she was granted a wish at birth by her fairy godmother, Constance Verity has become one of the world's great adventurers. It all began at her seventh birthday party when she defeated a snake. She has become a master of exotic martial arts, a keen detective, and possesses a collection of strange artifacts gathered from her adventures. But Constance has spent the past 28 years saving the world, and she's tired of it. All she wants is to work in an office and date a nice, normal guy. And she has finally figured out a way to do it. She's going to kill her fairy godmother and reset her life. The only problem, though, is that saving the world is Constance's destiny. She's great at it, and there are forces at work to make sure she stays in the job. Then again, it's also her destiny to have a glorious death. 
I like that that ending to the synopsis. <laughs> uh, I, thank you for I, reading I, that. I, yeah, and I, I just want to say, like, I feel like this synopsis is one of the most accurate, I feel like, of the books we've read, or at least in my opinion. I think it starts off with, like, how the story is, how you think it's going to go. And I, I, I and yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave the rest for your spoiler territory. But I feel like we actually, you actually get that story when you start to read <laughs> the book. Mm-hmm. Well, um, which I appreciate. You, <laughs> do you want to start off our non-spoiler first impressions then? Yeah. I mean, so I don't even, I wasn't prepared for that. Um, well, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Um, no, I mean, I, I overall really liked the book and I liked Constance was, is there like a gray area for a hero? What an antihero, right? So yeah. I don't know. She, she's kind of interesting. She's a little bit of an antihero at times. I'd call um, her a reluctant hero. A reluctant yeah, hero. That might be a, a better term. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Reluctant hero. And I think that really comes across in the writing and in the story um, as we learn more about her life that is filled with treasures and uh, sex in far off crazy places um, as she likes to talk about. And like at first when I was reading the book, I was like, is this a young adult book? And then we started talking about sex. I was like, okay, this is not young adult, but it kind of has like that (laughs) young light feeling to it. Um, It's like an adult version of a young adult book. So new adult, what was that category back in the day? Um, We don't talk about that anymore. (laughs) <laughs> well, sometimes I'm like, I kind of need that category. Sometimes this, I, this fits nicely within it. Yeah. Like this was a nice adventure book. It felt like something I'd watch on Netflix with like The Rock and like, I don't know, other silly <laughs> actors. Okay. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't take itself too seriously, which I enjoyed. I think that, you know, it's it plays into some of the tropes that we see in superhero movies and stories. Um, constantly like calling back to things like Indiana Jones, a little bit of Indiana Jones sprinkled in there. Um, we do mention like the Holy Grail at one point. That's not important to the story. Like, you know, all these like little artifacts of like these hero movies and these adventure movies kind of get sprinkled in. Um, and she's so casual about it too. Like, oh yeah, that like thing I saved. I've only saved the universe a couple of times. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of fun overall. I don't want to say too much because then I feel like I get into spoiler territory. So okay. I'm yeah, going to yeah, pivot yeah. to somebody else. <laughs> not, I think you, I think you covered. It. I, I'm with you. I think this book was a lot of fun. Uh, I I went into it expecting to have fun. Uh, yeah. Because I I've already read a, a book by the same author. Uh, Bella, I know you did too when we did. Yeah, our, we did. Yeah. Our our three book book club for work years and years and years ago. Um, and that book had very similar kind of just a tone to it of a humorous kind of not taking itself too seriously. Uh, and so I, I, I was sold on the premise of this book. I was already sold by the author's style. Um, and I really enjoyed it, but also I was a little disappointed by it at the end or, or, or at least the second half of the book. And, and we'll get to that a little more. I, th- I think the setup and the beginning of this book was so good that I just wanted it to keep getting better. And that's where it kind of fell short of me, which by no means is like an indication of it not being good. It's just you started off at such a big high that you couldn't go anywhere else for me. But maybe maybe it will in, in later books because um, 
I think you mentioned, Lord, this is a trilogy. So, mm-hmm. well, I think you're right. This is totally like a rock vehicle. Like he would definitely star in a movie like this. There's no role for him in this movie. But no, but it gives me like the new Jumanji vibes of like yes, he yeah. knows all the right. jokes that that you're gonna make about an adventure movie, yeah. and it makes them for you, and plays into some of that silliness at times. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give like too specific of an example, but there's just a lot of those like meta jokes about itself. Very meta. This is a very meta book. Yeah, yes. this is very meta, um, including the metaphysics that is sprinkled all throughout, which we'll talk about later too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the it jokes about itself and like, so it's the butt of the joke within the joke of mm-hmm. being made about somebody else and yeah, very self-aware. Martinez knew that when we reach certain parts of the book, they were going to call to mind other books or other movies that people have consumed and he addressed them. He, he like, we were all in on the joke. He's like, yeah. yes, we have come across these tropes plenty of times, uh, but that's the fun of it. Or, or we're going to subvert the trope. We're going to flip it on its head or we're going to have Constance just talk about, I was like, yes, I run into cults, you know, this is the 10th one this week. Like I'm over it. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great so example. I had a, lot yeah. of, I had a lot of fun with with the writing style, the the tone of it, the characters. I thought were really good. I liked all the characters. Uh, and yeah, and yeah, I've talked enough. Laura, what about you? <laughs> I I'm kind of a mix of what you both said. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. I loved all of the different references sprinkled throughout the book. Um, I liked all the characters, but I think that maybe I expected something a little bit different. And this is where it comes in where what Jason said was like the second half of the book kind of shifted and uh, it it just wasn't really what I was expecting from it. Um, That's not it wasn't bad. It just wasn't what I wanted or was hoping for, I guess. Mm -hmm. But again, overall, I think it was it was a lot of fun. And I think that was probably the point of it. And so it definitely accomplished that. And again, like I said earlier, I think this is a great book that um, we ended the season on. <laughs> yeah. A little bit lighter, something more fun to read, something more fun to talk about once mm-hmm. we get into spoilers, hopefully. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I would say I, I liked it. Definitely liked it a lot overall. Nice. Yeah. So. I'd almost call it a guilty pleasure in that it doesn't take yourself too seriously. There's nothing very yeah. deep in here, but I don't think you'd have to feel guilty about enjoying this book. It, it's a it's a non-guilty, guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's okay. just a good time. It's just it, a good it, time. It's just it a, good, a good, fun time. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're all about it's not offensive here. to anybody. I mean, I think. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, it's just. It's Unless just you're a in a cult, you, you might take offense. That's true. That's there is true. a lot of there is a lot of talk about like religion and cults <laughs> being like everyone uh, always thinks they're right and yeah. nobody's ever right. Yeah. Um, some healthy skepticism, I think, from somebody who's seen a few dozen cults in her day. Um, <laughs> so Constance is keeping it real for us. Um, yeah. So I, I appreciate it. Like it also felt kind of realistic in that way. Like, yeah, a day of adventure every single day for 28 years would kind of weigh you down. I don't think you'd like that after a, a while. Um, right. it would, the novelty would really wear off, which I think as we get into spoilers, we'll talk a little bit more about. So I think that's all I have for our non-spoiler section. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's let's jump into spoilers then. 
Spoiler warning. Spoilers. <laughs> That's what we call a callback. So where um, where it started losing me a little bit was the premise of uh, we're going to kill the godmother. And I was totally on board for that. And then that scene comes and goes. They find the godmother. The godmother's dead. And then you still have the rest of the book to go. And that's yeah. kind of like, whoa, this, oh, okay. I don't know where I'm going now. And it lost me a little bit there, but I was still having a lot of fun on the ride, which is weird. It's like this weird duality of I'm a little disappointed I'm not getting what I thought, but also I'm really excited to see where I go. Yeah, that's that's where I was. Because the synopsis made me think that the book was about going to be fully about looking uh-huh. for her fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. And it happened so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know at the beginning I said that the synopsis was exactly what you get from the first half or like from the book, especially like when you jump into it. That's kind of all that it follows is like the first part of the book follows that synopsis. And then, yes, you go off the rails. And I think that's where like I was listening to the audiobook at that point. And was and I obviously missed when she killed the fairy godmother because then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I know you just killed your fairy godmother, but like let's bring her back to life in this pen. And I was like, hold on, what happened? What I didn't pay attention for like two minutes. I feel like, and now there's a pen and a fairy god. What a seance happening? Well, it was well so, so like anticlimactic because you expect it to be this yeah. big battle, but it's like no, yeah. the battle ended. The fairy godmother is still around, and then she kind of like dies after the fact, right? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, she didn't like die directly like, in battle. It was- no, no, she like she died f- from her own failing magic, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but she, she blames turned- Constance for it. Yeah, because she turned yeah. herself into a dragon, right? As they do. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then her, her, but her magic is so messed up. It was dwindling at that point. Yeah. It even said that like not every single part of her body fully transitioned to a dragon. So Mm. like there were patches Mm -hmm. of normal skin and like, you know, different things like that. And so by the end of the battle, it's done. But then something happens with her magic that basically just like made her explode or something like that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. See, that's the part that I like. Yeah. did not follow closely in the audiobook and was like, I need to switch to the physical book at this point because there are things happening that are confusing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I started yeah. with the audiobook and I just found that I there was so much happening and so many details or like references. Mm-hmm. I mean, not all of it was important, but there was so much that I felt like I was missing them as I was listening. So then I switched to just reading at that point um, so that I could yeah. – catch all those details Mm -hmm. yeah because especially that scene it was like the the way that the author writes the book there's a lot of dialogue not a lot of like exposition in between that so you're kind of catching what's happening especially in those scenes like trying to catch it through the dialogue and through thought and that was interesting uh to Mm -hmm. listen to so i i if anyone's planning on reading the book still at this point um if you haven't already read it uh, I would definitely recommend reading the book because the audiobook is kind of hard to follow for that reason. Yeah. Um, and definitely had a more fun time reading it than I did listening to it. 
I did think the audiobook was hard to follow, but I, I do think the experience is a little more rich if you if you read it yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I think the audiobook itself was super enjoyable. I really like the narrator. Well, sorry, yeah. Uh, I mean, like the plot yeah. points are hard to follow, not like the audiobook itself. There, yeah, there's just a, there's just a lot of detail and a lot of references that that mm -hmm. are that would be easy to, and like one of you mentioned, like not super important to the plot, but it's it's. I filtered out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, here's a good example, and I saved this because I kind of wasn't paying attention to the first half, and at the last half, you mentioned something like, hold up, and so I had to go back and reread it myself. Uh, this is this is about halfway through the book. It's not really spoiler. It doesn't really mention anything plot-wise. Uh, but it says, he went from exhibit to exhibit, an original recording of Thomas Edison's voice that, when played backward, spoke of terrible secrets, an alien artifact that still projected holograms with dire warnings incomprehensible equations of Euclid refined by Newton, built into a machine by Babbage that clicked and clacked and stopped with the loud sproing with no apparent purpose other than to spout the word chaos with a quill on an arm. A journal detailing Helen Keller's last words spoken an hour after she died and on and on. And like when I was listening to that, I wasn't, there was just so much coming at me that I didn't mm -hmm. register all of it until he said Helen Keller's last words. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, hold on. I got to go back and reread this because I think I'm really missing some fun here. And there's a lot of moments of fun and clever writing and little references to just like witty little things and, and tropes. You know, Bella, you mentioned the Holy Grail. That's in there. It's not a part of the plot at all. Connie just uses it as a, as a planner, I believe. Because she doesn't have a green thumb whatsoever. And so it's like, well, if I put a yeah. plant in the Holy Grail, it'll live. Um, there's just a lot, lot of smart, witty little things that are easy to miss if you listen to it. Yeah. And I but think to your point, yeah. like, I didn't get that she put it in the Holy Grail for it to live. Like, I like, I like missed that. It went over my head. I was like, wait, why is it being in the Holy Grail important? Because there was just so much that I was like reading that I was like, that one, it's not significant to the plot. Like it just went over my head. Uh, and yeah. now I'm like, wow, that was like even more clever than I thought. Like I was just thinking plug for the Holy Grail. Like we obviously every good adventure movie has to do sure. with the Holy Grail. You have to. Yeah. Oh, so, so I just thought it was a shout out to the Grail. <laughs> this actually leads to one of my questions is, do you guys think that all of these references was, were there too many Overall, Ooh. or do you think that that really helped to build the world and and tell the story of Constance? Connie, I I, per I personally think at times it was too many. I think uh. it was a little too <laughs> self aware about tropes. Bella looks really a little unsure saying this. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I know Rico. I saw the outline ahead of time, and I was like, "Oh no, we're not going to agree on this, Rico." Um, Whenever I you ever. just, I, no, really though, it's always a miracle when we do. <laughs> I, I felt like there were too many tropes either brought up, played into, or subverted. Per period. I just think there were a lot of references to address, and at times, like the story got lost a little bit through the okay. weeds. I, d I didn't dislike them necessarily. They were fun, well-written again. Like it was just a fun ride. But sometimes I was like, was the point of that interaction to move the plot or was the point to mention the Holy Grail or like Thomas Edison's voice being played backwards saying secrets? Like, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how much value they added at times. So I think for me, there was maybe a little too much. Um, still fun. 
I still, they were still good. Very well written, but I, I could have done with some editing out, I think, at times. <laughs> Laura, Jason. do you want to give your thoughts before I disagree with Bella? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, uh, sure. Um, I felt, I felt like at times there, there was too much. Like, like what you just read, it was listing off all of these things. And so I think that there were certain situations where it was sharing this information that, that helped with world building, I guess, in a way, but it got to be too much information. I'm not, I, I think that if maybe they just like took one or two things out of certain lists or something, then it wouldn't have felt overwhelming sometimes. But so again, sometimes I think it was a little too much uh, to to take in and did kind of take away from whatever we were supposed to be learning in that particular scene. Um, I did still very much enjoy them. Like you said, Jason, a lot of them are, are very clever, very smart. Um, and honestly, it makes me think that a lot of these references, these, these ideas like putting the plant in the Holy Grail, like that probably came out of some kind of geeky conversation with friends. It sounds like something that we would talk about. Mm -hmm. So I have an appreciation for it, but when it comes to actual plot and like the flow of the story, it would have been easier to read if there were a little bit less. Gotcha. I don't entirely disagree with what, like where you're both coming from. Uh, like, okay, the best way I can describe it, like if this was... If Constance was an existing superhero or, or adventurer and they were making a movie and they were putting all these references to things like from the comic book, right? Like a lot of movies do like to put a shield here or a book that was referenced somewhere, blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like total fan service and they could feel like, okay, we get it. Like you're, you're being a little, you're doing a little too much. It would be very heavy handed. Where, where I disagree in that it was entirely necessary is I think that was the point. I think the point the author was trying to make is that Constance has had so many adventures. That's why she's tired of her life. Like, like it, it, it's just okay. adventure after adventure after adventure, and they mean nothing to her. So, like, the Holy Grail is a huge thing in Indiana Jones. It's a huge thing in Monty Python and all these things, right? But for her, it's like, eh, I'm just putting a plant in it. It doesn't matter. I have all this treasure. I have this special spell book. I have this, 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 and this, and this. And it's like, it, it, the only point it's trying to make is... It's too much. I've had too many adventures in my life. And so I don't think it's overdone because you're not supposed to care about it. They're not, they're not details you're supposed to remember. The takeaway is she's done a lot of shit in her life and she's done with it. She wants to have none of it anymore. Okay. And so that's I where I kind of disagree uh, in that it was too much. Um, there's a purpose to it. I, th I think there's a purpose to it, okay. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, you. ultimately, yeah, maybe, maybe the author could have taken out one or two here and there, and I think it still would have been fine. But it didn't detract from the plot for me, anyhow. It kind of reminds me of the Loki show, where like they yeah. find the Infinity Stones, mm -hmm. and it, they're using them as a paperweight because mm -hmm. there's right. just so many. So exactly, I see yeah. what you, I, I I know what you're saying, and I and I don't disagree with that either. Where like. I, I think that was the point was to make it feel over or overwhelming and to like almost like 
numb it for us, right? To nullify this excitement for us. Like, oh my God, the Holy Grail. Oh, plus this like other token and that other secret thing and the constitution. I mean, that wasn't one of them, but like, you know. Um, so it's kind but, of putting us in the same mindset in a way yeah. as Connie. And I, yeah, and I think that that wouldn't have necessarily been an issue. I think it was kind of just the way they put a lot of detail in it. And so I think it's the way that it was like focused on for so long. And there were so many examples at times that like with the, the, that particular scene you quoted earlier, I was like, Meh, yeah, like that scene, there was a lot going on. And I was like, which, which one's important to what is moving the plot forward? If that makes yeah. sense. Like right. yeah. sometimes it was like, wait, am I paying attention to that one? Oh no, no, no. Okay. They're moving on to the next one. Wait, none of these are important right now. It's just sort of, again, framing it and putting it giving us the context of like this has been you know prophesized for so long we have all these examples of chaos and you're like oh okay like i okay i get that it's the quantity but maybe like make it more clear which ones yeah. i was supposed to like pay attention to like i think you could have listed like three examples and been like and the room was filled with hundreds more you know what i mean like i think just yeah. at times we yeah dove a little bit too much into the details where it was like Okay, we're like three pages in and I need to move to the plot. But I overall, I mean, it wasn't a bad journey though. It was yeah, well written. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it, maybe it, it also, it, it also depends on the type of reader you are. Uh, I think I've said on the podcast, like, I, I don't care too much about details sometimes. Like, I don't care about mm. authors describing the you room, skim. like wallpaper. Right. Yeah. Mm. I'm more about <laughs> the plot, just the overall, what's the overall story, right? Like they went into an office building, they came out. I couldn't tell you a single thing about the office building. I just know what happened. Whereas other people love all those details. So if you're the type of person that loves all those details, I can see how reading all these things would get very tired, maybe not tired, very just heavy handed because like I'm focused on every single thing you're writing. What is important? Whereas me, he's like, none That's of it's important. Point. Yeah. None of it's important. I know that. I'm just going to move on to what's happening next. What, what is the next action an, be? An author's favorite comment. None of this matters to me. <laughs> none of it matters. All these words you put matters. on the page, none of it matters. What is happening next? Excellent. <laughs> That's what helps you get through your book so fast, though. So yeah. that's a plus. Yeah. I think Aileen Martinez would appreciate where I'm coming from because I think also this is also a book that yeah. would lend itself very that's well to a reread. This is the type of book, like, if you true. went back and reread it, you would get a lot more from it. Yeah. And that's not the case for all point. other books. That's Some books true. are just one and done. You move on with your life. And that's fine, too. I'm not putting a down one night books stand. You know, sometimes that's what you need in life. It's just a one-night stand. Excellent. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're in a reading slump and you just need to get that one book out of the way to move on. You know? We've all been there, right? Okay. <laughs> What's the next because, question? Uh, because book dating advice, that's our next podcast idea. There we go. <laughs> Good date with a book. All right. Um, um, <laughs> I actually, so I want to... Um, I, I don't know, backtrack, yeah. change the topic. I don't know. Please, so, yeah, please change it. I, I didn't know how to describe the genre of this book. Yeah, it's tricky. Because uh, it's all of what, them. <laughs> it kind of yeah. is. How In, in your mind, how yeah. would you guys describe this? What do you think of this book first? Like, what is it? Uh, I... 
Do you have an answer, Rico? Yeah, I have a very technical <laughs> answer. I have a very oh. technical answer. I want your answer. If I'm going just one, what's back. what's the one genre that covers everything? I'm going to say fantasy. Okay. Now, I agree. My qualifiers are it is very sci-fi. There's a lot of sci-fi elements in this. However, I believe at their broadest definitions, sci-fi technically is under the umbrella of fantasy. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure people out there, if you look it up, sci-fi is under fantasy because it's a fantastical world that is different than our own. Now, people tend to separate them a little bit and say fantasy is more okay. like magic and maybe sometimes the past and sci-fi is more tech and sometimes the future. But I'm sure someone out there is Googling it right now and I'm almost positive I'm right. So therefore, I'm going to say it's fantasy. However, it is fantasy. It is also sci-fi. It is also comedy. It is also an adventure book. It is also a little bit of mystery. Um, yeah, it's a lot of genres in one, which made it a lot of fun because you don't really know what to expect. I First thing I thought was fantasy. Okay. Or urban. It's definitely urban fantasy. Yes, urban fantasy, yeah. Yep, that was also mine. That I was going to suggest. Yeah. And I guess in this situation, it might it might also just depend on what her main what she's mainly doing. Like maybe the next book is about something else that falls more yeah. into sci-fi. But this one felt more fantasy because fairy godmother, this um the what curse. is it called? Caretaker spell or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. So I felt like there was more emphasis on magic, even though there was still also a lot of sci-fi. Yes, yes, and but the big, the big part of the like, plot of the book is this engine. That's true, and that's very sci-fi. That is not fantasy. Is I feel like it's very multiverse, overlooking and controlling everything. Meta, very metaphysical. I think that's very sci-fi. So, so Wait. I think it's equally both. But I think because just the presence of magic at all is in the book, would we'll move it towards the fantasy realm as opposed to just a purely mm -hmm. sci-fi book. Okay. Whatever, whatever category Star Wars is in, this isn't the same thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, it has, well, it, has it all. We've debated that a couple times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a different discussion. <laughs> he always finds a way. Bring it back. We got to mention Star Wars, Star Wars at least once an episode. That's no. true. That is that is very true. <laughs> Looking at some of these like subgenres, because yes, I did Google it, Rico, as you guessed. Mm -hmm. Um, is like it could be like contemporary fantasy, which is a subgenre of fantasy. It is a fantasy story in a modern day setting, often contains magic, but is not obvious or perhaps able to be explained logically. There is often an intersect between the real world and the fantastical one that includes magic or characters with paranormal abilities. American gods, hounded, and the Raven Boys are listed as examples. But none of that adjusts to the sci-fi thing. That that's all basically fancy way of saying urban fantasy. Fantasy in the world we well, know. I know. That's why I was like, what's the difference between that and urban fantasy? And urban fantasy, the difference is, hold on, scrolling down. It's that it's in an urban setting specifically. Yeah. So like contemporary could be anywhere, but urban fantasy is like a, specifically in, in, country, in a but. city. Exactly. So I, yeah, I agree that it's like more of an urban fantasy genre. So I don't know is the answer to. 
our questions. Okay. <laughs> I, I, Googled. I thought I maybe had an answer and I don't. I did not find okay. an answer to whether science fiction is considered fantasy, but I did find there is a genre called science fantasy. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm just going to say this book is science fantasy slash humor. Science fantasy. Okay. It says it's a hybrid genre within speculative fiction that simultaneously draws upon or combines tropes and elements from both science fiction and fantasy. Okay. There. I think this. Solved it. Okay. There you go. We solved it. You know, th- this yeah. book is whatever genre you feel in your heart, right? That's, that's it. Yeah. I, agree. I still think. I still think fantasy and sci-fi are different subgenres of fiction. Like that's pretty clear. In. <sighs> like literary studies. But I think like to Laura's point, there is science fantasy. And I, I agree. This is probably that. <laughs> Cause that's the only one that really makes sense. <laughs> it might make more sense, but it's a boring answer and I prefer a hot take. So listeners, what do you think is sci-fi yeah, under fantasy? Are they two entirely separate genres? Have you read this book? What genre would you classify it as? Let us know. <laughs> A Give us the answer because we don't know. We don't. That's true. But it's they're definitely separate things, though. So I'm just gonna, mm-hmm. gonna die mm-hmm. on that hill. <laughs> Rico's head is exploding with all the <laughs> the controversy. Have we the even gone to the meta- metaphysical stuff about the book? Jeez. Oh, okay. So yeah, I put that on our outline because I was like, there's so much metaphysics. My brain is hurting. It's my least favorite topic in sci-fi because (laughs) it's everyone, everyone's obsessed with it right now. I feel like, I feel like ever since, so this book came out in 2016 and then I was like all the like infinity war end game, all of that was like 2018 starting in 2018. So I'm like, there's been this period now for a few years where like everything is about alternate timelines and earth 2151 and I just don't, it's too complicated. <laughs> I just want one timeline and one reality and one universe because then my brain goes into like, well, but if you kill somebody here, it doesn't mean that they're dead because there's another timeline where they're probably alive and they could yeah. come back to our timeline. So the story isn't over. And I think just like the infinite realms of possibility is just, I, that I don't enjoy that. Like reading is an escape for my brain to like turn itself off and like dive into a world. That like when you make it complicated, then I get mm. out of the world and then my like anxiety and everything like creeps back in. And then it just becomes like a projection of my fears and my anxieties. And so I don't like it. And there was a lot of that in this book at times. I was like, nope, this is when I turned into Rico and I just tried to skim. I was like, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to think about this too hard. Stop telling me about the alternate world where your evil twin told you to keep a time machine part. Because you might need it or whatever. No, don't tell me about that. Because then don't throw away the time machine part. I don't know. What if that comes into play later? And that that's it's just not good. So I didn't like it. Tell me you didn't read comic books growing up without telling me you didn't read comic books growing up. <laughs> I did I not read comic books growing up. You were a comic book fan up, growing for up. For this reason. We know all no, about is... multiverse and hyper time. And <sighs> this is why I can't do it. I and... like, <laughs> no, I like canon. That's what I want. I want one. This is like another reason that I've just have not liked Star Wars in the last few years is because of all the retconning and the like too many timelines. And 
I just know. I don't. This is why I've started not liking Marvel movies as much. Like I haven't seen Ant-Man. I'm probably not going to go see Shazam. Not until everything's on Disney Plus or whatever HBO Max. It's a different universe. Because I know. I know. Right, Bella. God. I know. I was. I was. The nerds at home are rolling their eyes so bad right now. Okay, get out of here. You know what I meant. I'm just saying. I am one of them. Just to be clear. Get it. I'm getting sick of these alternate timelines, these metaphysics. It's too complicated. I'm a comms major. Yeah. No. I mean, getting no, back to I'm the not plot, science like science for a reason. The idea of like one machine controlling all the multiverses or trying to make sense of all the multiverses was was a little hard to grasp. Like I could get the idea of a machine trying to control one universe. Like Right. But I don't know. It was, it was weird because there was like there was a maker. There's people that created the 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 engine. And it's like okay, so where did these makers come from? Did they come from outside the multiverse? That's a well, really weird concept to think of. Like, yeah. Did did you feel this way about Loki the show? Because that's kind of their concept with the Minutemen or whatever that society is. The company. But those, but they didn't come from outside. Miss Minutes. Of, they didn't come from outside of. They the didn't multiverse. come from outside. They came from their own timeline. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Ow, my brain hurts. I don't know. I think I think your nose is bleeding a little bit. <laughs> oh, I think a little bit. I think so. Never mind. I was trying to trap you, and you trapped me. So I, and I still don't know <laughs> you played what yourself. we're talking about. I get what you were trying well, to say, though. But yeah, like there's it. The, the whole thing is that they're trying to control all the timelines so they all stay on the course. I don't remember. It hurt my brain. <laughs> no, but that's that's actually that is very similar. But yeah. the thing about Loki is this. It, spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it. Uh, it's, it's been it's like two uh, years. <laughs> it this this agency has basically been created by somebody to manage these different timelines and keep it all in one. And so they they came from somewhere, whereas in this book. We don't know where the creators came from and why this engine exists outside of the timeline. We don't know we don't know any of those details. They just 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 there and it's been there for I don't know what it said for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, at yeah. least 5 years. <laughs> so long. <laughs> A long time. That, that took me a that took me a hot minute to be like. <laughs> My brain still hurts from the metaphysics. Yeah, that I joke know. took I'm me sorry. too long I'm to sorry. realize. Yeah. It's okay, Rico. Just no, dumb yeah. down the jokes a little it's, bit, please. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but again, I don't I don't think we're supposed to know this. The, the book isn't yeah. setting out to like actually tell us anything. It's just supposed to be like a fun adventure, and, and so I'm okay. I'm okay with like things not fully being explained or maybe not making sense. I'm like, I'm not thinking about that because, like I said, the I, book's kind of a guilty pleasure, but not not in a bad way. It's it's fun. It's just a fun romp. I think, yeah, I think that this book is not intended to be that deep with details. No. It's just supposed no. to be quick, easy, fun read, and you move on. I'm, I am... Sure, there are probably a bajillion plot holes in this book, but I did not <laughs> really think about them because I didn't. Yeah, nothing was really glaring. They were there. <laughs> yeah, this author complicated enough 
complicated it enough that I was like, I do not care about the plot holes. I am trying to just be in this for the ride. Because mm-hmm. um, finding plot holes is like yeah. usually yeah. my favorite thing to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. So yeah, you should fix that in the sequel. Yeah. But this book, it, I was well, like, there's so much I can't. Yeah. Let's just yeah. Well, again, there is a sequel. It, it's, it's the first in a trilogy. So things yeah. may be explained. So some of these questions we have may be explained in later adventures. Um, you know, I, I would also fully accept if we found out all this that's happening isn't actually what we thought anyway, because the author kind of is keeping us on our toes. So maybe there is no multiverse uh, like we thought. All this was a lie to begin. You know, there's, I, I wouldn't, I don't know what to expect from the second books, but also like nothing's off the table. It's like, I'm, I'm in it. I'll have fun with the rest of the series. I'll definitely read the rest of the series. Yeah, I agree. I, I probably won't. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> not, be, not because they weren't good. I'm just like, there are a lot of books to read out there. Sure. That's am, fair. I'm like, I, I didn't love it enough to read more, but I mean, if I have time, sure. Yeah. It's not, it's not off the table. There's just no plan. Well, and what was nice about this book for me was it was actually a really fast read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did not take me very long at all to read it. It's just suddenly I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm already halfway done. Sweet. Yeah. So I don't know what the next two books are like, but it, it could be something like, oh, I need to, I want to read something for a couple days. This one, these these books probably could be read that quickly. So, can we talk a little bit about Tia, Connie's best friend? Yes, I really enjoyed Tia's place I in liked the book. Tia, as as her best friend, as her damsel in distress, as her sometimes sidekick, as her spoiler alert man stealer. Tia was us. Yes, yes, she was yeah, our entry to. <laughs> There's something really pleasant about Tia, and then when Connie started finding out that people in her life were there in a way that wasn't genuine because of this larger mm-hmm. conspiracy, I was like, oh, well, I hope Tia isn't part of it. I really want Tia just to be the best friend. And so far, that seems oh. to be the case. So, I'm still I'm really suspicious happy. of Tia, though. I'm still. Well, as I said, so far, that seems to be the case. Well, well, we could find out. We could find out later she was planted. I didn't even but... think about that, honestly. So now I'm questioning everything. Look, as soon, as soon as she decided it was a good idea to sleep with Hero, <laughs> I was like, this girl is suspicious for sure. Are you telling me you wouldn't sleep with your your best friend's partner or something, or ex rather, uh, to prove that they're not a good fit for them? And then stay with him? Because all I'm hearing is you're not a good friend. I think that would prove they're both not a good fit. Especially after her, right after Connie being like, really still obviously into him. No. Yeah. And then this is probably like the one thing that I hated about the whole book. I hated how calm Connie was the next day. Yeah, that was weird. Like like she was oh, like, okay. oh, yeah, I'm upset. I'm disappointed. Gonna move on. Like, what? But like you were right. That was a bad choice for me. But you're not like, hey, Tia, that was a bad choice for you too. <laughs> Why don't we hate him? Why is this okay for anybody to sleep with him? I thought we were all agreeing that he was a bad partner. Jason's yeah. just sitting over here just letting us rant I, about yeah, it. I don't have as strong feelings against that as I think either of you. 
I think it was a bold move on Tia's part. Very bold to to do that, especially to to potentially hurt the person who you rely on to save you, right? Because yeah. if I'm hanging from a gear and the giant machine, I'm going to want to trust the person to come save my ass. But if I just slept with her ex, maybe I'm not going to save you anymore, you know? Uh, so I think that was very bold of her. But I think also Connie's been, like, she's seen so much in her life. I think this is just like another, uh, just another she's, thing. She's like, of course. Yeah. All it's right, just moving like, on. I've, I've been to other galaxies. I've seen other species. You know, like, I think she's not really phased by much anymore. So I think that's why she didn't really react to it very much. Um, and I think Tia's like, intent was to, like, you're not really into this guy. You're into the idea of this guy. You're into you're into well, the idea of being with somebody who is from the same world as you, the adventuring world, but you don't really like him. And I think that's why she was like, yeah, you're right. I don't really – I'm not feeling anything towards this transaction that happened between you two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right. You might right. be right about that. But at the same time, I'm like, she got really mad when Tia was like, why didn't you think about me when it came to, like, giving up your powers? And then they didn't speak for a while. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of like when it comes to Tia, she cares about Tia. So I kind of expected just more of a reaction, I think, about what Tia did, not about the guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would be upset at my friend. Yeah. Yeah, like heroes, whatever. But you knew I liked him and you were just telling me not to sleep with him. And then you slept with him. That doesn't make any sense to me, Tia. Like, what's up? That's more. of I think I was expecting more of a reaction there. I feel like she could have been like, I have this idea. Let's see if he really loves you. I'm going to go see and if I can get him to sleep yeah. with me. That's my plan. I think, Let's see I think how she much he wants to be better. with you. And then Connie would have been like, okay, let's see. Let's, let's, let's try it. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just don't understand, though, why Hero is like, I love Connie. I want to be with you. And then suddenly he's like, no, I love Tia. I just met Tia, but I love Tia and I want to change for Tia. I don't know. Men are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Men are dumb? Literary. Sorry. The, what Literary men are trash. Is that what I... I haven't said that in a long time. Wow, you haven't. <laughs> That's true. I really haven't. Yeah. Wow. Bring it literary back at trash. the end of the season. Men are wow. trash. All right. Yeah, literary literary men are trash. <laughs> Hashtag not oh, all you're, men. Now you're, now you're limiting to literary because I think before you just said men in general. I think I said literary men. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, whatever. Men are trash. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> well, we'll add that shirt to our, our store, our online store, when we get one finally. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Going back though, Jason, yeah. you were saying that you wanted to talk about Tia and like her role yeah. and stuff. Sure. There, there was an obvious goal of hers in this book to be the scrappy sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> Self-proclaimed scrappy sidekick. Yeah. Yep. Which I, I gotta give it to her. I was like, you can say it as much as you want. You're kind of more of a liability, but you know what? Sure, you're the scrappy sidekick. Remind me of like Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible, like just always messing up the plan, always being rescued. But like, she still wouldn't go on a mission without him. So that's kind of what it made me think of. Yeah. That's a good. And point. I liked that. That was endearing. You, got, you yeah. gotta fake it till you make it. 
You got you got to dress for the mm. job you want, and she wants to be the scrappy sidekick. So, trademark Jason Rico. I, I do think yeah, she was definitely more of a liability than anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there were times when she did have some very um, very good things to say to kind of help guide Connie. Uh, you know, who knows what would have happened if Tia hadn't been there through this whole adventure. Only the machine knows. Well, I don't know. Like we said, I mean, Tia may not actually just be the best friend. Like her her surviving may not be only because of Connie. It's very true. You know, like it's too many close calls. So I would not be surprised if Tia ends up being. Do you think she she's the secret weapon or the secret ingredient or whatever? No, I think she's just planted. Yeah. Also, yeah. oh, oh, I yeah, think God. a lot of people See, are still I... planted. Yeah. Who, who was who was the the neighbor? Dana. Dana. I don't. Dana. I don't trust her. I don't trust Dana either. I don't trust, I don't trust her brother either. Byron. Yeah. I don't know. They seem cute, but I don't trust it. I don't trust anyone no, anymore. That's fair. I don't even trust you two right now. I'm thinking too much. My brain hurts. Well, we've already <laughs> talked about I'm I'm probably an android, so. That's true. Yeah, you, you've been honest about that. <laughs> Bella, I think my brain likes to. I think my brain likes to forget things, or <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying attention enough because I'm like, that's. It sounds kind of familiar. Like I feel like when we've talked about sci-fi tropes, like you're like, oh yeah, like I'd want to be an android. So that makes sense. But the like, I'm probably an android. Jokes on you guys. I'm like, mm, that's new. <laughs> it's like when someone's like, haha, I'm a serial killer. Haha. Isn't that funny? And I'm like, is it funny? I joke about it, but I'm like half serious. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of still on the Tia and Constance topic. So, for Tia, like, because she wants to be the scrappy sidekick because she's never in the adventures as much as Const- like Constance is constantly on an adventure. Like every single day, every moment of the day, there is an adventure. To mm-hmm. what degree varies, but every day she's like saving somebody's life, saving the world, saving the universe, right? But Tia is like, oh, like, yeah, just like sometimes, you know, like I, I get caught up in it. So like her wedding day, a random Tuesday, they're going out to dinner, like... You know, they even have like a, a a protocol for like going to dinner, like Constance is supposed to get there first, make sure there's nothing dangerous. And Tia comes in, but we meet her and she actually like got to the restaurant early, like tried to surprise her friend. Like, you can tell she's craving some of that adventure. And then yeah. she gives herself the scrappy sidekick. And Constance, when she gives up her power, is like, I didn't think about you because like it doesn't affect your life. And Tia's like, no, well, sometimes it made me special it made me extraordinary to be your friend because sometimes i got to go on adventures otherwise my life is boring and you don't know what you're missing boring life is boring you trust me you want adventure and so like Mm -hmm. that kind of plays out throughout the book and i was curious like do you think you're more on like where did you fall in that argument i'm really curious if you felt like you'd want to be Tia, like normal with hints of adventure, or like Constance, like adventure with hints of, hints of normal t- normalcy. It's not where I thought your question was going. <laughs> no, I know you didn't. I was um, trying to catch you guys by surprise. Well, well, the the 
spell that Constance <laughs> is supposed to. List- Wait, pause. For those people mm-hmm. listening, you both had your hands on your chin, mm. like stroking. Mm. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Which one would I be? And it was just, mm. it was hilarious. Like the same exact pose. Both looking <laughs> off a little bit like, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Rico, continue. That was excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rico actually spell- has a goatee. So it's like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm stroking my five little hairs. Uh, The spell that Constance is supposed to be under is supposed to allow her to have equal parts adventure and equal parts like normal life, which has not been the case. Mm -hmm. And that's why she's fed Mm -hmm. up, right? Like it's all been adventure. And so I definitely like I if I was in her position, I'd want to have a normal life or at least the the option to have a normal life sometimes. Mm -hmm. But in, in Tia's case, like how could you not want to have some of that? adventure if your best friend is always off doing these things and coming back and telling about these stories i I did this i saved this person i got this treasure like as as me a normal everyday human like i am tia i would definitely want my friend to uh, include me in some of the adventures so i definitely would sign up to be the scrappy sidekick if possible especially if i knew that my friend would save me like yeah she i think she even implied a few times in the book like she was never really scared when she was like kidnapped yeah. and stuff because she always knew that Connie was going to get her, save her somehow. Mm-hmm. And it was really more like the thrill of it that she enjoyed. She liked it. She liked being the like helpless friend. Yeah. I did not really agree with how upset Tia was. Like she mm-hmm. knew that this was what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, but it's like, this is, yes, her life affects your life, but this is her life. This is Connie's life. She has to make this decision for her life, yeah. not yours. I think it's a little bit different if it were like Connie's, you know, partner. Yeah. But this is just, not. I'm not saying just best friend, but this is just your best friend. Like, you still have to make this decision for yourself. Right. But that's also like that plays into what Connie learns later in the book is that she lived her life thinking she had no choice and she had to go on every single adventure that showed up. But yes, she was supposed to be able to balance it. So she's learning later on now that she can choose whether she wants to pursue a an adventure or not. And that's where that balance would have come from as she was growing up if she had been better about selecting mm. the adventures that are are appearing. Yeah, it really felt like a metaphor for like the human choice in general of like balancing your life. And so that was really interesting. Like, cause Tia could have had more adventure. Like no one said that she had to be boring. No one said that she had to, I think like she was like, I'm supposed to be in the suburbs with a husband and two kids. Like yeah. when I'm bored, I redecor- redecorate my house. Like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was like, No, like nobody said you have to do that. Like society says that, sure, maybe. But like you actually have control over your life and you actually have more control than Connie does because like the spell pushes adventures her way. So like she has to work harder to make a choice not to actively engage in them. Whereas Tia has to make more of a choice to go on adventures, but she seemed pretty complacent in that. Like she just waited for Connie's adventures to show up. And I was like, 
she was calling Connie selfish for giving it up without talking to her. And I was like, I would say that it's pretty selfish of you not to like, listen to your friend about what they want and that this is their life. Like, Hmm. Think, hold a mirror up. Look at it. It's you you're projecting. (laughs) So hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Uh, is Tia. So (laughs) Rico, (laughs) I got to get one last Taylor Swift reference in for the season. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. To happen. Her tour just happened. Okay. It's in my mind. It's fresh. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, I overall liked their friendship, but I think there was some, that's where it was like pretty thought provoking was like, what would I do if I was Connie or Tia? Like, how would I react? And so glad you guys shared that. Just curious. Um, oh, you know what? There was one other thing that I, I got just still kind of annoyed at is sometimes I couldn't tell what perspective we were Hmm. reading Mm -hmm. from did you guys notice that i did sometimes it would switch to like hero or but it wasn't really like the scene between connie and it was just like no it was like it flowed into somebody else's thoughts yeah and then it was like third person and then you were in someone's head i don't like that i also i also noticed that I don't even know what that's called. That yeah, kind I don't of know. Style. It was really, it was a weird thing. And I noticed that throughout. It wasn't too often, but it was enough for me to be confused sometimes. Yeah. Jason says. I didn't notice you. anything. I didn't notice anything. Well, you probably didn't because you were skimming. So True. And that's true. <laughs> so what happens when you're like, everything you're writing, I don't care. Do not care about it. <laughs> you know, I actually do read books. Like, I actually I do read the words, okay? I just want to make that perfectly you, you clear. Us, it's just that you provide us with comments. Like, everything you're writing, I don't care about it. <laughs> care about the plot. Jason Jason only needs yeah, he, outlines of books from here on out. That's yeah. true. He's I just like, want to know what happens. It's a TV show. We'll buy you the yeah. cliff notes for every book now. Yeah, mm-hmm. per- perfect. Uh, yeah, for someone who loves reading so much, you really own the fact that you're like, I hate words. <laughs> Don't put them on the page. <laughs> I, I, okay, look, Just re- give me the reading, plot. <laughs> reading the reading a book is my least favorite part about reading books. <laughs> I, Again, okay, guys, another quote. <laughs> wow. No, let me explain. Let me explain. I I love getting into a world. And then exploring and thinking about what that world is like. Uh-huh. But the actual reading of the book, I'm like, okay, I just want to know what happens. If I could just uh, touch the book and absorb what happens, I, I would instantly. I'd, I'd be down. Okay, Rico. So you want to be a book eater. Like all these people who have book hangovers. Do you want to stop digging the hole? No, no. It's the last, it's <laughs> the last episode of the season. It's the last episode of the season. I'm going <laughs> to dig this hole. Yeah. Like people okay, that have book right. hangovers, what is that? I don't, I've never had a book hangover in my life. Never. Wow. I know. Poor I know. Thing. I know. You're really people, missing out. Uh, people are going to write me angry uh, emails now. They're going to say, mm-hmm. sci-fi is not fantasy, and how dare you talk They are about... not, but... Whatever. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. glad that we are ending the season with all three of us liking the book. Just a quick mention. I haven't seen any recent news, but it was announced back in 2019, I think, that Constance Verity is in the works for a movie mm-hmm. and is currently being planned to star Aquafina. 
Again, I haven't seen any recent news. I think that sounds interesting, though. I think she's an interesting choice. I think she's perfect for the comedy, but it's hard for me to picture her as the like the world's best adventurer hero. Um, but that said, sometimes people people in the past have said that about some like the people the MCU casts, right? True. Like Paul Rudd, how's he gonna be Ant Man? He's good. Um, Chris Pine, not Chris Pine. Who's the one who plays Star Lord? Chris Pratt. Chris Thank Pratt. You. Yeah, the, I went through Star-Lord. all the other Chris names. I know there's too many Chris's. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris Pratt as Star Lord. He's like more like a goofy Parks and Rec guy. Uh, even like Michael Keaton back in the back in the late '80s, he was known for comedy roles. People had an uproar of him being Batman, and now he's like, "I'm Batman." You know, like people love him as Batman. So, <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe Aquafina will uh, will be great as an action hero. I think it's. I think that's great. I think that she. I think she's been pigeonholed. She is typecast. Yeah. I think if given the chance. Yeah, I think her being Constance Verity, I can see it working. Yes, I think she's going to hit the comedy parts very well, but I, I, I wouldn't. I would. I, I have faith that she would be a great Constance Verity. Look, if Kevin Hart and Jack Black can do the new Jumanji movies and kill it, I think she's kind of in that vein of like physical, like character acting, and so I think she, she might be really good in this role. I hope it actually gets made. I think it'd be really fun. This would be a great movie. This would yeah. be a fantastic movie. I think, yeah. very fun. I think it might be a better movie or even TV show than it is a book because yes. of all the visuals that we mentioned. Yeah. That like that was kind of hard to wade through sometimes while reading. You can do that faster and more clearly in a in a visual medium. I think so, the comedy yeah. might I'm hit excited. better too. I think so too. I think it was I didn't like touch too much on it, but like at times I was like, "Ooh, this is just a little too gimmicky at times. Like it, it's playing too much into the tropes for me, but I was like, but I see where they're going. I see the vision. So like, I didn't have a problem with it. Cause that's kind of how that other book was written as well. But uh, yeah, I think it'll do better in like TV movie. It was a really good read. So I don't see how it could get, how they could mess it up. <laughs> Kind of late. It's kind of laid out like a TV show, movie. Way, like yeah. again, very visual, very visual, very fast paced. Yeah. I will say Aquafina is going to nail the like. I'm over this life. Oh, like, for sure. Like, that's like that, that's that, I that. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like her is being so sick and done with all this sarcasm. Like, oh yeah, yeah, she'll nail that part for sure. <laughs> yeah, love her for that. So, well, hopefully we get more information or, or news about that and see if that if that's going to happen or not. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up here. The current rating for this book is 3.69 out of a little over 2,000 ratings on Goodreads. So what do we think? Is this book shit or the shit? The shit. I think we all liked it, right? I mean. I think it's the shit. Yeah, the shit. Yeah. 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 And that rating holds pretty true for me. Yeah. I think, uh, again, we mentioned earlier, this this was a quick read, at least for me. It was very fun. So I I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's just looking for a light, Mm -hmm. fun read to just kill some time. Um, This is one of those those kinds of stories. Yeah, I agree. It it was a lot of fun. And if you enjoy like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like that Mm -hmm. kind of book, that kind of humor, I think this is right up your alley. 
Uh, Bella's making a face, implying that they aren't as big a fan, and that's not surprising. Uh, that's okay. But yeah, but I think uh, that that's the kind of tone this book has. Very, very tongue-in-cheek, but still introducing some pretty big concepts, but just having fun with it. It's a good time. All right. Um, before we wrap up, last thing, what is the shit we're reading next? We're about to be on a break before the next season, so like we've got a little time to figure out, but what do you guys have on your list next? Well, Bella, you already mentioned the the trans rights readathon, which started yesterday. So we're recording this today is March twenty uh, first. So the readathon started on the twentieth, is going until the twenty seventh. So by the time this episode releases, the readathon will officially be over. But uh, I am going to be getting into the Wolf and the Woodsman by Ava Reed, uh, she they. Uh, that's been on my list for a while, and so this was the perfect opportunity to move it up and read it next. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to be reading The Sunbearer Trials by Aidan Thomas. Again, that is a book that's been on my TBR. Uh, and again, this is the perfect opportunity to move it up and read it for the Trans Rights Readathon. I don't remember, Bella, if you explained what the readathon was for, like the purpose of it. No, I figured we'd talk more about it at the end. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so just really quickly, the, the, the purpose of the readathon is to, to raise awareness and funds for trans rights. Uh, by celebrating and amplifying trans, non-binary, and genderqueer authors and stories. And all this is in response to the trans rights and lives that are currently being threatened across the U.S. So even though the readathon will be over by the time the episode airs, uh, you should definitely still support the cause. And, uh, you know, Belly, look like you have something to say. Yes. Um, this, you know, we're in California, we're in Sacramento, so I feel like oftentimes... You know, we feel like we're not going to be affected by some of this rhetoric mm -hmm. that's going around the United States. But I think it's important that we all educate and engage. There's actually a bill in the assembly right now, AB 1314, that would require schools to inform parents as soon as they know, uh, or like within a few days of them being alerted that a student is trans or, you know, non-binary, gender non-conforming, gender queer. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, if their name or pronouns don't match their documentation. The likelihood of that bill getting out of the assembly is very low, but that does not mean that it can't happen. As we've seen over the last few years, things that we thought would never happen are occurring in this country, um, and protections are being stripped or denied across states and in our own federal government. So uh, there are elections year round. <laughs> Please keep that in mind. Pay attention to your local midterm elections, special elections. Every vote actually does matter, especially even here in California. If you care about people in general, um, you know, vote on those issues um, and your representatives vote on those every single day, not just when elections come around. So your vote really matters, not just on election day, but throughout the year. <laughs> so please pay attention. Please vote. If that bill interests you, uh, I am from inside the legislature. So I can tell everybody, do not call the author's office, call your representative's office and let them know how you would vote on that bill. Hopefully you do not support it <laughs> um, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, but call your local representatives, find out who they are and Google it. Uh, I can't think of, it's like findyourrep.legislature.ca.gov, something like that. But yeah, please, please pay attention and please vote all the time, every election. 
pay attention. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Well said. All done. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And yeah, so that's what I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Next. On that note. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now now I got to talk about books. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't really have anything on my list. I have a whole TBR bookshelf that I need to get through. Um, so I think I'm going to try to pull a Rico when my school ends in May and find a schedule of some kind to plot <sighs> that out. Oh my goodness! So I know because I'm like I really want to read all side. these books. Wow. I know. I just, I got to plan it. Um, there's a lot of books out there and I will continue to buy new books unless I finish these books. So that cannot happen. So I need to finish them. Uh, luckily beers books is closing for a hot minute. So I shall be stopped temporarily. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just, I'm pl- going to plan my book reads in this, in this break. What about you, Laura? What are you going to read? Um, I also have a very large TBR shelf, <laughs> but uh, I am a slow reader, and so I wanted to try and fit in at least one book for um, trans right, the trans rights readathon. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I'm seeing a lot of these books that I've already been interested in. So I'm, I'm considering Light from Uncommon Stars, but I'm also seeing a lot of people reading the Sunbearer Trials right now too, and so I'm kind of. Mm. torn between those. Oh yeah, who's who isn't MS guys reading Sunbearer Trials? Yes. Sunbearer Trials. Yeah. Yeah, this is also They both sound cool. So, I don't know, I was thinking about reading thinking about reading Sunbearer Trials cuz a lot of people seem to be reading it right now too. More people that read it, the more people I can talk to. <gasps> what <laughs> a concept. What? Oh my god. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll probably I'll probably uh Read one of those next, and then I will try to tackle my TBR shelf. <laughs> See how far I can get. All right. Awesome. Um, well, this is the again the end of our season two. Um, this is our season two finale. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Uh, thank you, Jason and Bella for being amazing co-hosts and also working around my crazy schedule. <laughs> Anytime. Um, you know, life happens, but gotta support each other when we can and yeah. find those times to talk about books because we're exactly. fucking nerds. <laughs> and all, oh, you obviously were a geek. too. <laughs> yeah, both. Oh my God. Thank you to also all of our guests and our, our uh, authors that we were able to interview. Um, this was a really fun season. Yeah. And I have to mention also Emma, Emma Skies. Yes, yes. Thank Just you to her. her for be, being a host for our After Dark episodes. Those have been really fun and interesting. <laughs> can can we plug that there will be more next season? There will be more. Yes. There, there will, will be, be more. more. I, I was like, are we letting people know? Yeah, there will be more. We'll, we'll come back with some more After Dark episodes. We're, we're currently figuring out our scheduling, what we want to do for next season right now. So we'll maybe start teasing some of that soonish in the next month after this yeah, episode releases. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. But um, I don't know if my life is better or worse for having the After Dark episodes, but I do know it's all <laughs> Emma's fault either way. <laughs> you know, it's just it, time will tell. You got to blame someone, right? Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, I've loved them. They've enriched no, my life. No, they're great. So. They're fun. I love doing them. Yeah. 
Rico. <laughs> Always got to be the villain. Um, all right. So we are we are going to take a month off and we will be back in May with season three. Yes. So keep an eye on our our social media accounts for updates. And of course, let us know your thoughts on today's book and any other book that we have featured. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at shit we've read. And we would love to hear everyone's thoughts. And also tell us, do you think science fiction falls under fantasy? They have a month to debate it. Yeah. So they've got time. we got time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. We will see everybody uh, in May. Ciao. Thanks, everybody. Bye. See you in May. Bye. Bye. Shit We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico. Enjoy the discussion on this and all other books we've read. Find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bylo Network. Visit bylonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.